Welcome to the podcast M&A War Stories. You're joined by your hosts, Robert Heaton and Toby Tester. Each week, we walk through our experiences of M&A projects where we've been involved and we unpack the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our purpose is simply to leave you with valuable lessons that you could use in your M&A projects. And so let's not waste any more time and get this podcast underway. Hey, Robert, how are you down in uh, Melbourne there? We are doing well, Toby. We're doing well. It's a beautiful day. It's beautiful sunshine. It's about 32 degrees today. Yep. Well, the only downside is that we've had a major fault on our 5G tower, which is about 300 metres away from us. We're getting uh, very poor internet speed. So I'm hoping that we can have this conversation without uh, being interrupted. Well, let's let's see how we go, Robert. Look, so far, so good. So I'm, I'm conscious that it's end of year, so this is probably our uh, last podcast for the year. It is our last podcast, and it's, it's funny because, Robert, we actually done a lot of episodes. How many have we done now? 30, 32, 34? 34. 34. Yeah. So it's a lot. And I, I think it'd be useful to talk about one big theme throughout all our podcasts, which is that that idea or that notion of leadership. And I think it'd be good to have a quick bit of a chat about that, but also about the podcast we did, because I think some of them actually were quite popular. And uh, we do certainly have a number of listeners. So it'd be good to talk about some of the more popular podcasts we've done as well. But I yeah. think, first of all, I think leadership is a, is a great topic because, Robert, you and I have chatted about this, and I think that any M&A deal it's a, a failed M and A deal or failed merger is ultimately a failure in leadership, and that ultimately yep. that's what it comes down to. And yep. so there are some very important lessons when it comes to leadership, particularly when it comes to M and A, and what needs to happen, but also not what shouldn't happen as well. So maybe you lead in here, Robert, in terms of your own reflections when it comes to great leadership when it comes to M and A. Well, I've got a story that I'd like to tell. I'm just going to start with a quote by Jack Welch, and I don't have to explain who he is, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but he's an example of great leaders. And mm. one of his quotes was, great leaders love to see people grow. The day you're af- afraid of them being better than you is the day you failed as a leader. Yeah. And I've got, to, I've got to say that rings true with me. Of all the leaders that I've worked for and looked up to, mm. That's been their guiding principle to some mm. extent. Mm. And in fact, in, incidentally, I had the honor at one time to be sitting next to Jack Welch at a business dinner. Now, purely random choice I might have, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Not by design, eh? No, it wasn't by design, but I got sat next to him. And yeah. the best way to describe him, that he was just Jack. Yeah. No ways and graces, no grandeur. Easy guy to talk to, but he was more intent on listening to what other people had to say than he was on talking. Mm, mm. Irrespective, you came away with the impression of someone that was at ease with himself, but fully in command. Yep, yep. Uh, It got me thinking about how different people, I've often talked about an old boss of mine who sadly passed away now, but he also epitomized some of those sort of principles that you might mm. uh, see in, in people like Jack Welch. 
and I thought I'd just do a, tell a quick story about it to emphasize how he did things because he had a particular style for the way that he dealt with people. I'll just try and give you a scenario. It, it was a really effective way that he dealt with people as well. Anyway, so so you could be in the office and he was a uh, very strong believer in management by walking around, which we, you and I have spoken yes, about. Yes, yeah, no, yeah, indeed. And so he'd often be just one walking around the office talking to people and you'd see him and he'd, he'd, he'd come past your desk or he'd call out and he'd go, hey, Rob, you know, how's things going? And he's, oh, going great. Good to hear. Um, hey, the, the Wilson deal, is that going to come through this month? Yeah, yeah, I reckon so. We've got a few eyes to dot, but nothing mm. that won't stop it going through. We're on track. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. And how's the innovation project? Everything on track? Yeah, we've got a review on Thursday, but it all looks good. I'd say, great. Hey, if you're still around at at six o'clock, stick your head around the door, and we'll we'll share a beer on the way home and catch up. Mm. Yeah, okay. And, and that was fairly sort of informal. That would be a typical conversation. Now, imagine exactly the same scenario. You're still in the office, still doing his walkabout. Yeah. Except all of a sudden, it's Mr. Heaton. How's everything going? And it's like, oh, great, all going well. Good to hear that, Mr. Heaton. So the Wilson deal's going to come through this month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few, few eyes to dot, but nothing that won't stop it going through. Yeah, okay, and the innovation project? Yeah, everything's on track. Got a review on Thursday, but it all looks good. Yeah. And he was like, great to hear, Mr. Heaton. Come and have a coffee in my office now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, you knew two things at this point. Number one, you were in trouble. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he started to call you by your surname, that was definitely the biggest All right. <laughs> and you had about 45 seconds from there to getting into his office to try and work out what he might want to talk to you about. Yeah. Right. Now, the great thing was that you go in his office, typical CEO's office, he had a big comfortable couch in there where he sat with customers and so on. And I'd go and try and sit on the couch and he'd just point at me and he'd go, Mr. Heaton, I would like you to come and sit at the desk. And the conversation was always the same. He'd say, now, Mr. Heaton, I'm disappointed. Here's what I've just heard or what I know or what I've seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, would you like to comment? <laughs> And so you're sitting there going, well, yes, that's because before you could finish, it would be like, thank you, Mr. Heaton. That's all I need to confirm that my information is accurate. And (laughs) you're sitting there going, yes, but but, but, thank you, Mr. Heaton. I don't need to hear any more. But this was the best bit. It always followed with, Mr. Heaton... Let me outline for you what I would have hoped one of my executives might have done in that scenario. And what followed was a coaching session to help you understand how he would have preferred you to act in those circumstances. And you could have a polite conversation about that. And at the end of it, it would be now, Mr. Heaton, has that helped? Is there anything else I can help you with? Because I feel that I failed you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd really yeah. like to make sure that you learn from this experience. And of course, you're sitting there going, uh, no, 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 Les, that's, that's very clear. Excellent. Then we can both be assured this won't happen again, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> Our business is finished. Let's go back to work. And that was it. Yeah. No aggression, 
no angry words, a feeling that he was disappointed, he'd failed you. Yeah. And 30 minutes later, you could be in the office getting on with your job. Les would come out and have a walk around again. And he'd call out and he'd, hey, Rob, how's everything's going? And you go, oh, great, all going well. Hey, great, okay, if you're, uh, if you're still around at six o'clock, stick your head around my door and we'll have a beer on the way home. Everything that had happened half an hour previously, forgot yeah. about. Really? Uh, Move on, eh? I never saw him get angry. Hmm. I never saw him shout. He simply dealt with things and saw it as a coaching opportunity. So he turned negative into a positive. Hmm. And I think, you know, that for me is an example of great leadership. Hmm. Right? It certainly sounds it. Sounds it very much so. And, and that's just one of many stories about this particular individual. And I know that as myself, but I know there's also many people out there and some of them might listen to this podcast and will know exactly who I'm talking about because each of us, even though he's passed away, each of us is carrying on his teachings and his legacy mm. to this day. Mm. Right? But the lessons I think that came out of it were that People always respond better when you provide them with coaching and guidance to help them improve. You should never try and cover something up. Just own up to it because you probably report to someone that's got more insight than you give them credit for. So you're not going to win by trying to cover something up. Sure. And for great leaders, management is always something they do in private. And when the issue's finalized, that's it. It's finished. Yep. And... In this individual's case, and the other great leaders that I've had the privilege of working for, they take personal responsibility for allowing their people to stretch. Mm, mm, very interesting. Good one. Good one. That's so, certainly um, interesting, Rob, I must admit, with Les and the lessons he has. And it's funny, really, because you told a couple of stories there, but we've actually got a number of podcasts we've spoken in the past around the notion of leadership and it is interestingly it's been a bit of a recurring theme in the yep. um, 34 episodes that we've done together yeah it is and it's like you just said earlier that recurring theme it, it's the difference between success and mediocre yes yeah true very true good, good leaders are not there to be micromanagers hmm. they're not going to get results by shouting at people good good leaders can paint the vision hmm. and they can sell the journey indeed indeed and and they encourage they motivate they inspire people to want to do their best which is interesting because obviously with in m and deals, it is very much about a journey. Yes. And it's a very much about motivating and inspiring others to do their best, given the pressure cooker type environment that you often have to work in to get a deal closed and to move on forward with uh, integration. Yeah. And, and yes, M&A is a very laser-focused exercise, because it, it normally has to be completed within some finite timelines. Mm, yeah. And it's an exacting science in that there has to be some 
well-defined outcomes as a result of it. But, mm. you know, even in everyday general management, if our senior leaders apply themselves to being better people managers. Yes. And to lead by example and to inspire people, that's what I, th I think that's one of the best qualities they can have. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Yes. Robert, we talked about leadership being a common theme in all the episodes, and I'm actually having a look at the episodes that we've done together since early on this year. It's interesting. We've had, dare I say, thousands of downloads on our podcast series, and yeah. it's, it's certainly encouraging that we do have a, a good number of listeners. And I thought it'd be interesting just to go through what you thought was the most downloaded or most listened to podcast that we've done. Well, the, the one that amuses me, if you look at the stats, the best one we did was the power of communication. <laughs> it was, yes. Which shows that when it's not you and I talking, we actually get a lot more interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had, we had we Lindley, have, we had we Lindley Watson um, joining did. us for that one. Mind <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my you, it is fa fascinating that communication and a successful marriage, because often M&A often is about a marriage and it's the bringing, you know, of two yeah. organizations together. And yep. to be able to communicate effectively is so important. And I think Lindley in that session reminded us of that. And uh, yes, it's been the most popular podcast we've done. Yep. And I also think about the fact that when I look at some of the others, yes, and I'm still, I'm, I'm going to struggle already because every time I read the word TSA, I keep thinking <laughs> about that process you have to go through in the US airports. Oh, um, okay. There's <clears throat> the transitional service agreements, eh? In yeah, the messages. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> we, we actually did some good work on that one because... We it, did. We did talk about carve-outs and divestments, which is obviously a speciality of mine. Yeah, but, I mean, TSAs in themselves can be a little bit like watching paint dry. But we, we actually didn't talk about TSAs per se as a technical mechanism. We talked about their importance in achieving outcomes and making sure that the divested business can still continue to operate. Yeah, well, it, it has a strategic element. And also there's an element of negotiation uh, between yeah. two parties. And it's, it's often about making sure you've got strong relationships going forward and you're not burning bridges or a deal becoming adversarial in the way. Yeah. You know, so. what, what, what about your reflections? Is there any one other that stands out for you? Or? Well, I, I should say it's one I, I spoke about, and the one you enjoy. You like this one, Robert. The old buried treasure. Ah, yes. Yep. <laughs> we talked about buried treasure. It's a bit of a recurring theme again, and I think it comes down to if there's a single message, and that is that if you are going through a divestiture, you know, be aware that there is buried treasure in your divestiture and it will have far more value in someone else's hands than in yours. Yep. The key is, is to, if you use that metaphor, buried treasures, to get that treasure unearthed and to give it a good shine so people can see it, you know, because yep. then you'll get a premium. Now, I'm talking metaphorically here, but if I go back to that podcast, it was very much about there's some very clear steps you can take as a seller to ensure that you get the premium that you seek. And that's what it was about. And certainly that was our second most uh, popular podcast. 
Yeah, and and in in a sense, what that just brought into my mind was the one we did just recently about one man's trash is another man's treasure. Yes, when, when that guy just walked into uh, a pharmaceutical company mm. and, and offered to take all their scrap away. Yes, uh, and it's the know, same theme. It's a very common thing. It's a it's a recurring theme, isn't it? One man's yeah. trash, another treasure. It is about buried treasure. It, it's it's because. If you think about divestments or acquisitions, mm. you're sometimes too lost in the woods, if you like. Yes. And you don't see things through the clarity or through the lens that yes. from outside. It's quite it's quite usual that somebody else walks into a business or an acquisition yep. and they see a whole set of value mm. that they're in front of you, but you just don't recognize it. Yes, exactly. Yes. yes. Uh, and in fact, I would hesitate to say that a lot of companies in the last six months because of COVID have actually been forced to look for buried treasure. Indeed. So, and, and some of them have, have repurposed the way they do business. They've pivoted what they do well, but they've offered it in a different way. Mm hmm. And that's often all it takes. Indeed, indeed. So, Robert, what was, give give me one that you thought was particularly memorable from the the ones that we've done together over the last this year. For me, getting Monet and Picasso to play nicely together was uh, yes. But the one that really sticks for me was what we called a dastardly plan, <laughs> and, and that's one where uh, a company was going to literally sack. 50 drivers simply to outsource all of their services. Hmm. And the CFO, if you remember, couldn't give a flying what yeah, yeah. Uh, about people. As far as he was concerned, they were just a cost off his P&L. And I managed to get almost all of them new jobs with the company that was doing the third party. Yeah, that was, that was a good story, that, Robert. I, I really enjoyed listening to that one. That was really good. And then we've had a few... The humorous ones, like the the case of the missing trousers. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Reminds you that your behavior is being watched both inside your business and outside your business. Particularly when it comes to Christmas parties and all those sorts yeah. of things that people are having now. And exactly. It's a very relevant time to be talking about that because there's Christmas parties and celebrations coming mm. up. Yep. People tend to get loosened up a bit with alcohol. Yep. Yeah, and I think the the guiding message is be cautious. By all means, celebrate. By all means, have a glass of champagne or whatever, and enjoy the celebration. But keep a double check on your behaviour and the way that you're perceived by others. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. It'll come back to bite you in January. I can guarantee that. Yep, yep. But you know what I think across the entire. 34 episodes we've talked about a lot we have indeed it's funny robert i was just looking at all the various titles there's one that actually i rather like actually because it's got a catchy title m a zombie armageddon I, yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of your that was your your um, well title, i it? wanted to try and get zombies <laughs> and m a together you see and i like armageddon because i remember seeing the movie armageddon years ago 
which is one of yeah. the ridiculous Hollywood movies. I just wanted to get M and A Zombie and Armageddon <laughs> together as a title. Just remind us what the message was in that. <laughs> the message is that things go really bad, Robert. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the reality is there is failure in M and A. Like as we talk about it, there's a high propensity, but sometimes things can go really bad. I mean, in a serious way, to the point whereby it can actually induce a total collapse in the company and in that particular one i talked about a couple of stories true stories where organizations have actually collapsed under the weight of MA. in other words doing bad deals or too many deals the wrong deals and then basically starve themselves of cash doing the wrong thing creating dysfunction sowing the seeds of dysfunction basically behaving like a zombie it's zombie yep. behavior yeah, um, and yeah. come crashing down. Almost and it's happened deal. in the past. Almost doing the deal because it's been shiny. Deal fever is often the reason why. And that's the, yeah. like zombies, often it starts with an infection in us. It creates a certain fever and yeah. the fever goes on and it creates destruction. Now, on the other side of that, of course, we all, you also talked about simplicity being a key to good M&A. Yes. Keep it, keep it simple. Don't try and overcomplicate everything. Yes. And I think the message there is that there's a, a kind of one-liner here. I'll say, use simple rules to drive complex work. So we all understand everything is complicated. But if you think, for example, like the Einstein's uh, theory of relativity, what is it, E equals MC squared, it's inherently simple to say, but we know that it actually is quite profound what's been explained. And so yes. the idea is, is that when you're dealing with the complexity, you've got to have expressed in a way that enca encapsulates meaning so that the meaning isn't lost. Even though we're trying to make it simple, the meaning is not lost. Yeah. Now, I know we haven't rehearsed this, but I, yeah. I'm... I reckon we're getting close to a wrap-up. Yeah. I I think it's a, a really good time to just say to all of our uh, friends, our acquaintances, our colleagues around the globe, hmm. that we hope they have a, a wonderful holiday season with their friends and family. Yep. And we'll be back in the new year, I would hope, with some more podcasts. But I thought we'd just close this one off slightly differently. And I'm, I haven't thought about this, so I'm going to drop it on you. Right. Let's go in turns. You can kick off if you like. Uh, three things from your side. So you call one out, I'll call one out. And when we've got to six, what's our top six takeaways from all of the podcasts that we've been doing across the year. <laughs> okay. So what, what would your first one be? Takeaway number one is M&A success is leadership. Leadership success is M&A success. Failed M&A is failed leadership. Yep, absolutely. My second one, I'm going to steal yours. <laughs> there, there's always buried treasure. You've, you've got to look at an M&A deal not just in terms of what's there in your face, but you've actually got to stand back and take a look at it and see yep. what other value you can drive out of the deal that you're pursuing. Yep. My next key lesson is always use simple rules to drive complex work. Yep, definitely. 
mine is don't forget customers very often we take an inward view of M&A and customers can be forgotten they're actually a really important stakeholder in an M&A deal yes. and you, you can be absolutely certain that while you're trying to integrate an acquisition your competitors are circling trying to steal your customers from you so make sure that you treat your customers with the appropriate respect and attention across the deal. My takeaway? Yep. It's to do with accountability, and I'll just express it as a one-liner, and it's Agile. Agile is activist accountability in action. So when we talk about Agile, and Agile has a strong role in M&A in terms of pushing things through, remember this. Agile is really about accountability, accountability being active, seen, and in action. Yep, absolutely. And I think the last one for me is the power of positive communication. Yes. Communication at every stage of an M&A deal is crucial. To your point you just made earlier, that communication needs to be concise and simple. Yes. in language that people can understand and you need to think very carefully about it so there, there's there's six there takeaways from yeah and, and i'm sure if we kept going there's a load more we could think <laughs> quite, of, a, quite a few more i think that's good six to leave our uh, listeners with yep uh, again from from my side I, i'd like to wish our listeners that they have a wonderful christmas period and that they spend time with friends and family and look forward to 2021 how about yourself toby well i'll tell you what something I, I this a lot of people will agree with me on this one 2020 was not a good year to say the least it was a bit of a bummer no. i just hope that and i'm sure it will that 2021 is going to be a smashing year it'll be a great year all round great year for business great year in terms of our family and our personal relationships and Shall we come back in 2021 and do some more podcasts? Yes, we shall, Robert. We shall we indeed. Most definitely shall. And I would say let's finish this off with a final statement that comes from Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream. Let's give 2020 a kick up the bum. <laughs> <laughs> up yours, 2020. You know your Shakespeare there, Robert. I must have been. I didn't know that I've, one. I've, <laughs> I, I've studied in detail. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think on that note, it's, uh, it's bye from me. Yeah, and goodbye from me as well. Thanks, Toby. And you also have a fantastic Christmas and New Year with your family and friends and loved ones. And we will, if we don't talk before, we will talk again in 2021. 